A growing number of companies are looking for new supply chain opportunities. In some cases, they are looking for new capabilities, others are targeting risk reduction, and of course, there's the ongoing demand for better prices. One of the fastest developing links in the global supply chain is Southeast Asia. The region originally was just another source of cheap labor and in some cases, raw materials. That's changed as more nations are moving up the value chain. Yet often we're not aware of these changes since typically they happen gradually over time. I'm Jane Singer and welcome back to A Seat at the Table, where we bring together our awesome audience now in over 134 countries with some of the smartest and most innovative people who join us as guests on this show. Today we're joined by Yasrin Sakari Malan, Consulate General of Malaysia in Hong Kong. At the forefront of the development in Southeast Asia is Malaysia, a nation whose 33 million well-educated, highly skilled and innovative people are quietly making big contributions to the global supply chain, particularly in electronics, engineering and finance, as well as in other sectors. The country's infrastructure investment is playing a vital role in supporting its people and businesses in competing on the world stage. Today, Yasrin will be discussing Malaysia's unique role in the regional and global supply chain, key opportunities for international businesses to collaborate with Malaysian companies, and how Malaysia is positioning itself for the future. Anyone who runs an international business, whether that means having a huge global footprint or just one office offshore, knows that recruiting the right talent can be really challenging. It's difficult enough to find the right people in your home market, let alone in a country where you have less market knowledge. That's why leading organizations rely on AsiaNet consultants. They have over three decades of boots on the ground experience, giving them critical market knowledge and contacts. To learn more about AsiaNet consultants, check out their website at asianetconsultants.com. Meanwhile, let's sit down with Yasrin and get up to date on the opportunities from Malaysia. Thank you so much for joining us here today on A Seat at the Table. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. Malaysia is a nation that's offering a growing number of world-class products and services. So I'm delighted that you're joining us and we can learn a little more about what's happening in Malaysia. Thank you, Jane, for having us in this show. So technically, first and foremost, let me just give a brief introduction about my organization and what we do. Okay. So, Matrip, we are the Malaysia's uh, National Export Promotion Agency under the Ministry of Investment, Trade and Industry of Malaysia. However, in Hong Kong, we are known as the Trade Section under the Consulate General of Malaysia. So, we promote the Malaysian capabilities in various ways, including uh, organizing the physical and online business-to-business uh, -business matching. Second, we participate in trade exhibitions and we arrange trade missions and Last but not least, we provide advisory services and intelligence reports to the Malaysian business community. So in the context of global trade, in 2022 instance, Malaysia is the third largest uh, exporters in ASEAN valued at 53 billion USD. After Singapore, 515 USD, billion USD, and Vietnam, 370 billion USD. Malaysia is simply focusing into supplying industrial and intermediate goods. For example, on the semiconductors and wafers, which is part of the electronic industry, petrochemicals, shortening in the palm oil, the one that they use for making food and beverages, aircraft wingspan, for example. And do you know that one of the world's famous manufacturer aircraft wingspan 
is a Malaysian story. Design, production, testing, etc. All done by our players. So we have to be a bit selective to focus on the offerings and what kind of products that we want to champion along the supply chain. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When you're looking at Malaysia's role in the global supply chain, then if I'm understanding you correctly, your focus really is more on the intermediaries rather than on the finished goods product. Is is that right? Yes, true. Yes, true. Okay. And so how do you see yourselves then, in a sense, strategically positioned because you are part of ASEAN, part of the Southeast Asian region? What do you feel is that key role that Malaysia is playing in the entire sort of, if you want to call it the big picture of production coming from Southeast Asia? If I would plot Malaysia as part of the ASEAN, how we are becoming part of the global supply chain, the list is a bit long because we are involved in quite a number of industries and sectors. However, let me just zoom into perhaps two of the major industries that we are in, perhaps to give an example. Let's take, for example, the electrical and electronic industry, the backbone industry of Malaysia. So currently, this industry, the electronic industry, is consists of 7% of our GDP. And semiconductor devices and electronic integrated circuit alone making up like a quarter of the total exports of Malaysia. So it's around 83 billion USD worth of export value in 2022 and we are currently the world's sixth largest semiconductor exporter yes we are part of the global supply chain we also hold seven percent of the global market share and contributed 23 percent of the u.s semiconductor trade in 2022 and i i would say that this is due to many factors and we are also currently supplying 20 percent content in one of the U.S. biggest EV brand, electronic vehicle brand, due to availability of the supply chain and the capabilities and talents in Malaysia. So technically, all this sum up the reason why Malaysia is part of this important or big industry supply chain and we continue to become the important electronic hub in ASEAN region. Number two, perhaps I can also point out on the other industry that we are currently championing, which is on halal. Perhaps I can highlight that the halal industry is such a big industry. It is forecasted to expand to 7.7 trillion USD by 2025 from 5.7 trillion in 2021. That is just like in less than five years time. And uh, of course, Islamic finance is one of the largest share in our segment in this halal ecosystem. And it's comprised of two-thirds. However, Malaysia is trying to be part and parcel of each segment and sub-segment in this. For example, not only in FMB, in food and beverages, but it also comprised of just like now in uh, Islamic finance and also in pharmaceutical cosmetics, the ingredients, fashion and whatnot. So this is what we are trying to look at. We are not trying to be a, a, a champion or player in all the sectors, especially for the masses, but we are focusing on our niche and capability in certain segments. Yeah, I think that makes a tremendous amount of sense. And I think being an expert nowadays is probably positioning you a lot stronger than, than being a generalist. One of the key growth strategies 
for companies nowadays is collaboration. What do you see as some of, of the the best for regional or international companies to partner with Malaysian companies? You know, what are what are the opportunities, for example, that businesses might want to consider? Maybe things that they're overlooking. Yeah, interesting question. Thank you again, Jane, for the question. So I would say that Malaysia being a small but relatively active and active trading nation, we focuses on uh, trans- transforming ourselves to become a service-oriented economy by having uh, more emphasis into research and development, R&D, having the regional center and the technology hub for certain targeted and niche high-value industries. So in this context, perhaps I can highlight on two sectors or two industries with opportunities that lies within it. Number one, since our office here is also focusing into the Hong Kong, Macau and the southern part of the China market, we can highlight on the collaboration that the companies can have with the Malaysian enterprises on the Islamic finance services. As Hong Kong is one of the world's uh, renowned financial centers, we see that there's a lot of expertise that can be shared and we can do together in terms of the asset management, stockbroking, banking, and other offering in the Islamic banking products, as well as suku and takaful. Especially, we can see there's a lot of emphasis and actions done by the Hong Kong government to promote investors and clients from the Middle East and ASEAN who come to Hong Kong and do business and park their asset here. So these products, I would say, will be needed to cater for the inbound funds and clientele that will be coming to Hong Kong soon. So we are delighted to share that we are working closely, not in the future, but today, now, and sharing that the first fundamental training on Islamic finance will be uh, conducted between Malaysia and Hong Kong, whereby it's between a collaboration between Matrade, the MIFC, the Malaysia Islamic Finance Center, and the Hong Kong uh, Securities and Professionals Association here to have the fundamental training on Islamic finance that will be happening on the 25th of January. 2024. So we will continue this initiative and we are also participating in the upcoming Asia Financial Forum happening in the Hong Kong Exhibition and Convention Center from 24th to 25th of January to showcase and to disseminate information saying that there's a huge opportunity in this segment in Hong Kong being one of the major financial center of the world. And to sum up the opportunity, it is forecasted that this Islamic finance segment alone is said to be valued 2.2 trillion USD in 2022 and will be growing to 4.9 trillion USD in 2025. That is even less than four years. That is how big it is. Wow. Uh, number two, perhaps I can also share on the other opportunity that Hong Kong, Malaysia, and and the world is currently very active and serious looking into, which is on the sustainability. 
Okay, to be more specific on the renewable energy, particularly in uh, the offshore or nearshore wind farm project. So coincidentally, I think currently now, Hong Kong is also trying to commission their first uh, wind farm under the two power plant company, Hong Kong Electric and CLP. So Malaysia, with uh, 100 years of experience in uh, offshore uh, oil and gas capabilities, we might not be the player that is doing the turbine, the wind turbine for this project. We have uh, a lot of experience in commissioning the monopile as well as developing the subsistations, which require a very niche capability due to the characteristic of the sea as well as the strong wind. So these are the other examples of the areas of collaboration that we can uh, highlight. And I wish to also highlight to the other companies out there, let's do this together. And this is something good for us to do for the world and for the future as well. I think that's really interesting because you're right, there is a tremendous pressure for people to as fast as possible develop green energy. And certainly there's a big demand for alternative energy throughout the region, particularly in more rural areas that may be needing to have these capabilities because they're not part of a grid. So it's it's really interesting to hear about the role that Malaysia is playing in that. Now, part of what makes a nation attractive as a business partner are its facilities and services. What are some of Malaysia's strengths or unique capabilities? I mean, how might Malaysia, in a sense, be more advanced or offer you know, some kind of a more attractive positioning, so to speak? Okay. So just uh, to give a brief introduction about the country, of course, Many know Malaysia as one of the countries in the Southeast Asia region. But I just would like to introduce that the country itself has 330,000 square kilometers of areas divided into the peninsula as well as the east of Malaysia, East Malaysia, you call it. Therefore, point number one, we have ready infrastructures in the city. So it's available, including in terms of the highways, expressways, amenities, high-speed internet, shopping malls, education institution, and whatnot. So if you are talking about the Klang Valley itself, the Greater KL, then you are also entitled to also enjoy the metros, HSI, high-speed rail, monorail, commuter, and whatnot. At the same time, if you go to the outskirt city of Malaysia, you can see the lush greenery is still available in the rural areas. This is also something that we look at it as an advantage. You can uh, see the readily infrastructure available in the city and you can still feel the lush greenery and all the beautiful scenery in the outer part of the city. That is number one, perhaps I can highlight. And number two, the other strength would be the multi-diverse society that we are having in Malaysia. Malaysia comprises various races, religions, dialects, and this 33 million population country is made of citizens of different from the different background and strength. And our talents uh, is not only multilingual but also known for the creativity and we are easy to approach. And this is another 
biggest strength and selling point that we always tell people when you come to Malaysia for investing or for tourism and so on, you can see that the talents not only suitable in the working sector, but for you to easily communicate with, for you to easily approach to with, and we are uh, proud of it. And number three, perhaps I can also highlight about how Malaysia is actively engaging in the uh, international uh, treaty and the free trade agreement. Being a small trading nation, a small country, but an active trading nation, as of the moment, we we already have like 16 free trade agreement, seven bilateral free trade agreement, and nine regional FTAs, which the latest one are set and CPTP. And this preferential tariff will give the competitive edge either to the investors that are setting up their 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 base in Malaysia for them to export or for the importers from around the globe to have a more competitive pricing if you source from Malaysia. I think that's really interesting. And I think that, you know, people are looking for that kind of, on the one hand, somewhat of, of a, you might call a more diverse population, but on the other hand, people are looking for stability. They're looking for a place that, like you say, brings together the strength of multiple different people all working together, right, to create a stronger, yes. what you might call a workforce, or maybe even on a broader scale, a human infrastructure. I don't know if that's really the right word for it. Yes, yes, true, true. Out of all the strength, I would say the, the one of the major one will be on the human resource availability and talents that we have in the country. So in, in terms of that, what might you say with regard to education or higher education for people in Malaysia? I mean, we talked a lot about your strength in green energy, in semiconductors, in, in, in a lot of technical things. How is that supported by the, the domestic educational system? So technically in Malaysia, education is for everyone, regardless of your colors. And the education from the primary going into the secondary and tertiary is quite common. And based on the latest stats, we can see that 43% of the population is moving into the tertiary education nowadays. So you can see a lot of the population moving into the tertiary education to become the professionals, the experts, the engineers, the architects. However, half of the other can still help in terms of the support services and also becoming the entrepreneurs, the businessmen, those that is also needed as the other parts of the ecosystem. So this has helped us to have a more stabilized development whereby once we have any new initiative being launched, we have enough support from both parties, you know, from the technocrat and professionals, as well as from the other, from the business side, from the support services and whatnot. And it's, it has started from the early education until the end. So we have a mixture of that and it's really critical for you to have a mixture, else you, you won't be able to, to, to balance out the economic activity and the plan that you're having for, for a country 
or even to participate in the globalization agenda, you know? That's such an important point. And I think we often overlook that. I mean, on the one hand, yes, it's important to have more and more people going through tertiary education. But at the same time, you do need other people who are talented, who are educated, perhaps at a slightly less advanced level who can provide those all important support services, you know, as they say, you know, you need to have the balance. So I think it's interesting that you're bringing up that point. Now, you know, when you're looking at Malaysia, and you've accomplished so much, the country really is just, you know, bursting with vitality. What's the future vision? What's next for Malaysia? What can we look forward to seeing? You know, what should we be watching for coming from Malaysia? There are many ways how to describe our future plan, perhaps, and vision. Of course, in general, we want to move forward to become a circular economy, implementing the carbon neutrality and comply to all the future ESG requirements. I guess that's not only for Malaysia, it's for most of the countries in the world. Nonetheless, since I am from the trade side under the Investment Trade and Industry Ministry, Perhaps I can also introduce about the new industrial master plan, uh, 2030 or NIMP, we call it, that, that was launched by uh, our Honorable uh, Prime Minister, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim, uh, in September 2023. So, uh, NIMP is the future of Malaysia, uh, is an industrial policy for the manufacturing and manufacturing related services. You know, when we say about Malaysia, it has to come along together. It's manufacturing and services. So it encompasses uh, four missions, four enablers, 21 strategies, action plans. But more importantly, I would like to highlight on the sectors that we are focusing at least until 2030. And I believe that it will go beyond that. Number one, aerospace, electrical and electronics, pharmaceutical, rail, palm oil-based products, the ship building and ship repair under maritime, petroleum and petrochemicals, halal, medical devices, machinery and equipment, automotive, digital and ICT, metal, global services and professional services, manufacturing related services, rubber-based products, food processing, textile apparel and footwear, food, paper and furniture, and mineral. So 21 sectors is not too many if you compare to all the sectors or industry that is available throughout the, the definition, you know. So this is the future of Malaysia. We have uh, done with the engagement between the public and private sectors and we feel that this is the focus that we are having in terms of our industries that will lead to business, trade and, and the rest. And we will give uh, enough emphasis and focus to be part of the global supply chain in these sectors. Because we have done the study that we have the capabilities and we have the potential to grow even further in these sub-segments and industries. Wow, I think that's really interesting. And particularly, you know, the strength of a lot of the industries that you mentioned is really the future globally. So the fact that Malaysia is playing such a key role in that development is really exciting. Well, you've shared so many interesting things, Yasrin. I really appreciate everything that you've brought to us here. 
where can people connect with you? I think a lot of people listening to this might want to get even more information about Malaysia, might have their own questions. Is there a web address where people could reach out to you? Yes, yes, truly. We maintain one point of contact for people to visit and to get to know more about our organization and the country. They can just visit www.matrade.gov.my. That is M-A-T-R-A-D-E dot G-O-V dot M-Y. They can also be connected directly to our office here in Hong Kong that covers Hong Kong and Macau at Hong Kong at matrid.gov.my and they can also visit or witness all the activities that we had in our office here in Matrid Hong Kong by browsing the LinkedIn profile of Matrid Hong Kong, M-A-T-R-A-D-E Hong Kong. Well, that's wonderful. I'm going to include all of those links in the show notes so that it makes it easier for people to access them. And I would like to thank you again, Yasrin, for being a guest here on A Seat at the Table. It's really been a pleasure talking with you. Likewise, likewise, Jane. So I'm so happy to be in the show. Uh, we are so open to future collaborations with any parties in the world. We believe that we can do more when we collaborate. And we believe that is the way forward for everybody in this world, you know. So you can't really be on your own and you can do more when you are working together. Absolutely. Better together. 100% agree. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for, again for joining us here, Yasrin. Thank you. Thank you, Jane.